listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. We are wrapping up the week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via the contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. On Friday, we hope to save the secret word on You Bet Your Life. Last week, we played the last episode of You Bet Your Life's third season. However, I did manage to find one of the missing episodes that originally aired on March 29, 1950. So, George, what is the secret word? Ladies and gentlemen... The secret word tonight is stove. S-T-O-V-E. Really? You bet your life! The DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only... Marx came in like a lion and he's going out like a lamb. Hey, that's me, Groucho Marx. Thank you. Well, here I am again with $2,000 for one of our couples tonight. George Fenneman, who's first? <laughs> we invited some babysitters and some kindergarten teachers to the program, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected sitter Gene Hanner and teacher Gloria Longo, and here they are. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome, ladies, for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers, and if one of you says the secret word, he wins $100 in cash. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. A babysitter and a kindergarten teacher, huh? Miss Longo, is that right? Gloria Longo. What, what school are you from, uh... Gloria. I teach at Mar Vista School in West Los Angeles. Miss uh, Hannah, you, you're the uh, babysitter, huh? I am not a babysitter. I'm from the Babysitter's Guild. I work in the office. Don't you do any sitting? Oh, I sit in the office. You s- <laughs> well, do you, do you have somebody uh, sit for you? Or just, just what do you do there? I dispatch the sitters to the clients. Well, could you assign one to me, about 18, blonde and pretty? <laughs> not a good conversationalist? I'm afraid not. You don't have to be afraid. You're, you're sitting in your office. And... <laughs> Just why wouldn't you let me have a babysitter? I'd let you have a babysitter over from 45 to 60. <laughs> I'd rather have one between 8 and midnight if... <laughs> They don't call me Captain Midnight for nothing. <laughs> well, why would you send me a woman between 45 and 60 as if I didn't know? <laughs> well, I found that it was very difficult for women over 45 to get positions despite their ability. We have to put them to work. 
We're taking them off the backs of their children and letting them be... Is that where they do their singing? (laughs) Well, the children don't like to support the mother-in-law, so I decided I'd put these women to work. They're independent. They're doing a good job at trust. Well, I should think so. I Uh want to apologize for any flippancy that I may have thrown around here. I think you're doing a wonderful job. Uh-huh. Now, Gloria, that's uh, that's you. Uh, how did you meet your husband? Well, we met in college. It was during a French examination that I first uh, was aware that he was staring over my shoulder. <laughs> now, after four years, uh, we've been married four years, and he's still in college. Well, he didn't have his mind on those papers, I don't know. <laughs> Well, how, how, many ch- how many children do you have, uh, teacher? Twenty-five at a time. Gee. <laughs> Twenty-five kids, and that fellow is still in school. <laughs> now, teach, uh, I call you teach, huh? Uh, how, how old are your uh, kindergarten pupils? They're about five years old. That, that young, huh? Well, what can you teach a child of five, huh? We try to teach him some desirable social habits and that it's necessary that you share your things and how to get along with other people. When you want a toy from someone, you just don't go over and hit him on the head to get it. You ask him for it politely. And then you throw a hydrogen bomb at him? Is it? <laughs> Now, teacher, suppose one of your pupils shoots a spitball at you. How do you discipline a five-year-old kid? Five-year-old children don't throw spitballs. They don't, huh? Now, how do you make a spitball? (laughs) Well, you tear up any bit of paper you have lying around and roll it up good and tight. Then you uh, look for a rubber band and then shoot. That's all. Apparently, you do this pretty often, Now, in your kindergarten, do you find that girls are more difficult to handle than boys? Uh, girls are not quite as difficult to handle because they are more vain and they don't want to risk your disapproval. Uh-huh. Well, all I can say is that little girls are more important. Little boys grow up to be presidents, but little girls grow up to be big girls. And... <laughs> well, if I ever want a job as a babysitter, I'll know right where to go. All right, let's see how well you two work together as a team. Now, in just one minute, you're going to try for your chance at the $2,000 question. You bet your life. It's important to have confidence in the people to whom you take your car for service. You want to be confident that they know how to perform good work. And you want to feel confident that you'll be charged a fair price. Well, the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America know that the best way to get car owners to have this kind of confidence in them is to live up to these things. And that's what they try to do day after day as car after car comes in. They do the best work that skilled men working with fine equipment can do. They charge fair prices for the work done. And when they make promises, for example, about getting your car ready for you at a certain time, they do their best to make good on them. For this kind of a square deal... Drive in where you see the sign of an authorized DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Now let's see if a babysitter and a kindergarten teacher will be the ones who get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question. Fenneman, tell them the rules. Each of our three couples has $20. 
They bet as much of that 20 as they want on each of four questions. The couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $2,000 question at the end of the show. Our other two couples are in a waiting room off stage, so they don't know what's going on out here. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected famous women as your category. Is that right? Here's your first question. You have $20. How much will you bet? Ten. What was the name of the famous English woman who established modern nursing during the Crimean War? Florence Nightingale. Nightingale. Florence Nightingale is right. Well, we'll get started with $30. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. Now, how much of the 30 will you try? 20 20 What was the name of the woman from Wimpole Street who was considered England's greatest poet? Elizabeth Barrett. Elizabeth Barrett Browning is right. They're climbing now. They have $50. I'll give you the full name. I knew her husband very well. Now, here's your, <laughs> here's your third question. You have $50. How much will you try? 40. 40, 40, 40, 40 mm-hmm. smackers. Say, you're really gamblers, huh? What was the name of the woman scientist who, with her husband, discovered radium? Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Madame Curie. They're really on their way. They have $90. All right, you got $90, according to Fenneman. Is your last chance to beat the other couples? How much of the 90? 80. What was the name of the temperance leader who broke up saloons with her hatchet? Carrie Nation. Carrie Nation. And they wind up with $170. Well, thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Stick around now. You may get the chance at the big question. Groucho, the secret word is still stole. I know that, George. But perhaps the next couple will say it, too. We invited some census takers to the show, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Miss Ketty Bowling. Her partner is a husband, Mr. Stanley Poster, selected from the audience. And here they are. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, youngsters, to You Bet Your Life. And if one of you says the secret word, he wins $100 in cash. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. A census taker, eh? Uh, that's you, Miss uh, Bowling? Yes. That's you. Uh, you ask people questions, is that correct? That's right. Mind if I ask you some questions? No, go right ahead. Thank you. I have no intention of stopping now anyway. (laughs) Uh, As for instance, age? 27. Address? 531 West 82nd Street. Splendid. Telephone? (laughs) Yes. Not so good. (laughs) What is your phone number? Um... Uh, Trinity, 900, extension 112. What number is that? That's the Census Bureau. Period, end of interview. (laughs) You're the husband from the audience, Mr. Poster? That's right. You're not not her husband? (laughs) No. (laughs) What, What sort of work do you do, Stanley? Well, I'm a law student, and I work in a shoe store on Saturdays. Do you have any uh, little ones crawling around the house? Yes. You better call the pest exterminator. (laughs) Do you have any children? Two. Two, huh? How many? Two. Still have two, huh? Does your wife work? No. With uh, two youngsters? How does does she get out of it, huh? Well, I mean, she hasn't got a job. You don't consider taking care of two kids in a house and you a job, huh? What kind of an attitude is that? She doesn't have a job with an income. You mean you never even give her a dime for a new house? (laughs) How did you meet your wife, uh, Mr. Poster? Well, in 1946, I was in the Navy in San Francisco. 
and I called up a uh, midnight radio program once to request a certain record. And somehow the lines got crossed, and I began talking to a young girl. And I spoke to her and got her phone number, and I called her up about six or eight times, spoke to her, but she never would date me. I tried, and she acted interested in me, asked me a lot of questions, but wouldn't date me. Two years later, I was out of the Navy in Los Angeles here, and my father was dating this certain woman, and this woman kept... The same guy? No. <laughs> no, a woman more his age. Oh. And uh, he kept telling... Uh, the woman kept telling me about her young daughter and how much she wanted me to meet her daughter and so forth, and I kept putting it off. And uh, finally, one day, we were brought together, and it turned out to be the same girl that I'd spoken to on the phone all this time. Well, that's a fabulous story. Huh? <laughs> Is that really true? It's really true. In fact, she was a psychology student at Stanford, and the reason she kept talking to me on the phone is she was psychoanalyzing me all this time. You thought you were a Romeo, and you were just an exhibit, is that it? <laughs> now, census taker, can you use that information in your census? No, we're not interested in people's romances. Well, you better be. If people stopped having romances, you wouldn't have any census to take. Katty, uh, Katty? Uh, Katty. There's been a lot of publicity that 1950 is a census year. Tell me, how many people have you counted so far? None so far. None? None. Where have you been working all this time? In, in Death Valley? <laughs> we don't begin the census till April the 1st. Well, can I expect the census taker to knock on my door April 1st? Yes, you can. Finances you'll get on April Fool's Day. <laughs> Let's see what you know about your job. For example, uh, uh, how many married women are there in the country? I don't know. Fine census taker. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, 50% of the married people in the country are women. <laughs> Watch you that time, didn't I? What's your phone number? The same as it was before. Well, I'm, I'm the same as I was before. <laughs> now, how often do they take the census? Every ten years, this is the 17th decennial census. You mean the, the first census was taken 170 years ago? That's right. Must have been an easy job in those days, huh? There weren't many people to count. George Washington had just become the father of the country. Huh? <laughs> now, how many of you will be taking the census starting April 1st? Well, there will be 140,000 enumerators. I know that, but how many census takers will there be? <laughs> So there'll be 140,000 of you, eh? How many questions uh, will you ask? We'll ask 19 basic questions. What do we do if we answer all 19 questions correctly? You get a mink coat and a trip around the world? <laughs> no, you don't Ice get anything. Right? You don't get anything. Oh, your quiz program's crooked too, huh? <laughs> now, suppose I refuse to answer any of your questions. Well, the law uh, requires that you cooperate with the census taker. Well, that's just what I've been trying to do. What's your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> I call you up tomorrow night, would you tell me? Uh, mm -hmm. What number shall I call to find out? You're just trying to catch me, that's all. I certainly am, but uh, <laughs> in the meantime, let's get back to business, huh? <laughs> now, what are some of the questions you're going to ask of the 150 million American citizens? Pretend Mr. Poster here is a, an average citizen. Now, you interview him. Go ahead. All right. Uh, relation to head of the household? He's married to her. 
race? Why, uh, you'll have to get my head started. Oh, uh, sex? Well, you can answer that yourself. I'm a man. Well, that's a sample of what everybody in the country can expect. Well, thanks to Miss Bowling, I'll know just what to expect when the census taker rings my doorbell. And I'm going to cooperate, and I'm sure all good citizens will do the same. Now, let's see if you two will be the big winners tonight and get a chance at the $2,000 DeSoto Plymouth question. I can't tell you how much our first couple won, but George is off stage to remind our listeners. The babysitter and the kindergarten teacher earned $170. Here we go. Let's say Ohio can build you $20. You selected songs about the South as your category. You have $20. How much will you try? We'll bet $10. $10. All right. What is the name of this song? Play, Jerry. <laughs> Sounds like Carry Me Back to Old Virginia. Carry Me Back to Old Virginia. Now they're on their way with $30. All right, now you got $30. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much is the 30? Twenty. $20. $20. Here we go. Give me the title of this song. Okay, Jerry. Georgia. Georgia. Georgia on my mind. It's $50. Your climb, you got 50 bucks. Here's your third question. How much of the 50? 40. Let's see if you can identify this one. Stars fellow in Alabama. Stars fellow in Alabama. They're really climbing. They have $90, Groucho. All right, you got $90. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 90? 75. Okay, give me the title of this song. Play, Jerry. $65. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Now, in just a moment, our last couple will try for the chance at the $2,000. Benjamin, who's ahead? Well, the babysitter and the kindergarten teacher are out in front with $170. And the secret word is still stole. Perhaps the next couple will say it. Who, who, who is the next couple, George? A Navy parachute jumper and a window washer, Groucho. And here they come. Warrant Officer Clarence Storm and Mr. John Berkey meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, gentlemen, to You Bet Your Life. And if one of you says the secret word, he wins $100 in cash. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Uh, Warrant Officer Clarence uh, Storm, is that right? That's right, yes. Any port in a storm. Uh, you're a Navy parachute jumper? I am, yes. Glad you dropped in. Where, where are you from? Uh, where are you from, Warren Officer? I'm a test to the Naval Air Parachute Experimental Station. Where, where El Centro. Oh, at El Centro. That's a good thing you're attached to something. <laughs> what kind of jumping do you do? Uh, test jumping, jumping new parachutes and trying out new techniques. You're sort of a Navy fall guy, eh? <laughs> you know, you look pretty old to be a parachute jumper. How, how old are you, Mr. Storm? Forty-two years old. Forty-two, huh? You're the window washer, is that so, Mr. Berkey? Yes, sir. John Berkey. Is that an English name? Or... No, that's Irish, strange as it seems. Well, it doesn't seem so strange to me. And how are you this evening, huh? <laughs> sure, and you're looking fine, too. Right? <laughs> I'm the poor man's Pat O'Brien, huh? <laughs> you're, you're a window washer? Yes, sir. Uh, are you married? Yes, sir. Uh, what about you, parachute jumper? Are you uh, hooked up? Uh... I'm hooked up. Just couldn't get by a leap year, eh? <laughs> uh, 
how many times have you have you jumped? Over 300 times. You've completed 300 jumps? I've completed 300 jumps. Uh, how many haven't you completed? <laughs> I've completed every one I started. Is it true if the parachute doesn't open, you get your money back? <laughs> There's nothing to that story. I believe not. As a parachute jumper, what is the main requirement for the job? Well, a uh, good physical condition and not to have agoraphobia. You mean if you have agoraphobia, you can't uh, be a parachute jumper? That's right. Well, what can, what can you be if you have agoraphobia? <laughs> that I don't know. Well, that's what I'd like to find out because <laughs> I was planning on getting agoraphobia and I, I'd like to know how I get adjusted to my normal living. Well, let's take a look in your windows. Uh, who do you work for, Mr. Berkey? Uh, American Building Maintenance Company. We uh, do office buildings and hotels downtown. Your customers are tall buildings, eh? Have you ever fallen out of a customer? <laughs> what kind of windows do you wash? Well, all kinds of windows, especially dirty ones. <laughs> well, I didn't think you went around washing clean windows. But... <laughs> I mean, have you ever washed a bay window? <laughs> What does it take to clean the average size widow? Uh, I mean, widow. <laughs> average size window. That all depends upon uh, how many panes there are. How many panes the window has or the widow? Well, the windows are different types. They are. Some are cut up. Well, so are the panes. widows. Huh? <laughs> no standard type widow, you know. What's, what's the procedure for jumping from a plane, Mr. Storm? Well, it depends on which way you want to jump. Well, let's say you want to jump down. I guess. I know you won't believe it, but I get so tired of jumping up. How do you mean? Which way am I jumping? Well, the way I do it, I uh, check my rigging right good, and then take my teeth out and put them in my pocket, and I'm ready to go. teeth out and put them in your pocket? Have you ever been bitten on the way down? <laughs> now, what, what kind of jumps are there, Mr. Storm? Uh, there's several different types. Uh, you can go out through the bottom of the plane or out through the side. Uh, there's a delayed jump and a pilot ejection seat jump. What's the ejection seat jump? Uh, that is where the pilot and seat is shot out together uh, by an explosive mechanism. Have you done that? I have done that. Is it much of a shock? No, it's very nice. <laughs> you mean you're crazy about it? <laughs> Sounds like interesting work. If you're in a fighter plane, you run out of bullets, you just shoot the pilot at him. Huh? <laughs> I'm getting jumpy just talking to you. Now, <laughs> tell me, window washer, how are things on the 21st floor? Fine. No pains? No pains. That's bad. And your job, you haven't got any pains, you're all washed up, aren't you? <laughs> you charge the same prices for windows on the second floor as you do for windows on the 15th floor? No, the first uh, two floors uh, have a different rate uh, from the third on up. It's about the same. Why are the first two floors uh, less? Well, uh, I feel after the, from the third to the 18th floor doesn't make any difference how far you fall in, you... That argument is as solid as the ground you'd land on. <laughs> what do you think about when you're way up in the air cleaning windows? You're still about the same as you would on the ground. 
I doubt that Or you wouldn't be up there Cleaning windows (laughs) Now what do you think about When you're dropping In your parachute Mr. Storm Well I'm just looking The scenery over Getting a nice bird's eye view (laughs) What's the most exciting Experience you've had In your job Well I think that happened Just a short time ago When I had three parachutes on I threw the first one out And it tangled up I threw the second one out And it tangled up So then I threw The third one out And it tangled up about 300 feet in the ground, one of them finally opened and let me down safely. And suppose the third one hadn't opened up? I didn't have any more. <laughs> I'm even nervous on this stool sitting here. <laughs> you have any advice for young fellows interested in a career like yours, Mr. Storm? Well, I'd advise them to drop in at the recruiting station and talk about it. Well, I've kidded you, Warren Officer, but in my book, you're a hero. You risk your life all the time to save the lives of other people. And Window Washer, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be able to see what's going on in the outside world. <laughs> we really wouldn't. I think we'd be much better off if we didn't see what was going on. Now, you're going to work together for a chance of $2,000. You beat the other couples and you get the big chance later. I can't tell you how much they won, but Fenneman's going to remind our listeners. The babysitter and the kindergarten teacher are still ahead with $170. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected Rivers of the World as your category. Is that right? Yes. Now you have $20. How much are you going to try? And talk right up into the microphone. Ten. What's the name of the southwestern river that acts as a boundary between Texas and Mexico? The Rio Grande. The Rio Grande is right. $30. All right, you got $30. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of the 30 will it be? 20 What is the name of the South American River with the largest volume of water in the world? The Amazon. The Amazon is right. They're on their way now. They have $50. Isn't that strange, the Amazon? I always thought that was a big woman. Huh? <laughs> Turns out to be a river. Well, live and learn. Huh? Here's your... Well, she had a big mouth anyhow. Here's your thing. <laughs> Here's your third question. How much of the $50 will you try? 30 What is the name of the river that is situated entirely within the boundaries of New York? West Point is on its banks. The Hudson. The Hudson River. They've climbed to $80, Groucho. All right, you got $80. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 80 will you try? 20 $20. London Bridge crosses one of England's most famous rivers. Which one? Thames. The Thames is right. And they wind up with $100. And that means the babysitter and the kindergarten teacher with $170 get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question. You might not be able to tell a book by its cover, but you can get a pretty good idea about the kind of service you get in a DeSoto Plymouth dealer's shop by taking a look around one. You don't have to be a mechanic to see that there's a lot of special equipment on hand. It's there to help the service mechanics at a DeSoto Plymouth dealer's do better work on your car and to do it faster. The men themselves who work on your car are factory trained in the latest servicing methods. Methods which help keep these skilled men abreast of the latest servicing techniques. All these things add up to a better service. And that's the kind of service you get 
at an authorized DeSoto Plymouth dealers. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. And here's the babysitter and the kindergarten teacher, the winning couple, all ready for the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question, Groucho. Here we go for $2,000. I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you, so think carefully and please, no help from the audience. Here it is. When Fletcher Christian and his mutineers rebelled against Captain Bly of the Bounty, they sailed to a permanent home on a Pacific island where some of the descendants still live. On what island are the descendants of the Bounty mutineers still living? Okay, what's the answer you two have decided upon? Pitcairn Island. That's right, hey! Pitcairn Island. Well, the kindergarten teacher and the babysitter won $2,000. And what are you going to do with all that money? <laughs> We don't have any children, and you don't have any children, we'd like to help some of our young veteran friends who have children. Well, that's a wonderful way to spend it. Well, let's see. You you win two thousand dollars plus one hundred and seventy dollars in the quiz. Congratulations from the more than three thousand DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You bet your life. Bet Your Life is a John Goodell production, transcribed from Hollywood, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at this time for the Groucho Marx Show, You'll Bet Your Life, presented by the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth, two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And don't forget... Next week, the big question will be worth $1,000. Well, Bing Crosby is waiting to use the air, so good night, folks. And remember, just be sure to see your DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Folks, here's a tip from the National Safety Council. The careful driver always considers the careless driver. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Another great episode of You Bet Your Life that really kept me laughing. It also kept my other half laughing as she listened from the other room. I'm glad that we still have a full season more of You Bet Your Life. Next week, we begin You Bet Your Life's fourth season. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, 
Stitcher, Spotify, and on our host, Anchor.fm. You can listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. For our full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and to find the best location that suits you. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com or by joining our Vintage Radio Club and get an extra episode a week. And speaking of Vintage Club members, this weekend it's the musical biography of a French poet, Francois Villon, from the Lux Radio Theater, and it's called The Vagabond King. The Shadow returns on Monday, and Grouch will be back next Friday for some more You Bet Your Life. For I Love Old Time Radio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off.